nerds. This is Stay Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me as always is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing? Extremely frustrated. Yeah, we've there's been a lot going on lately. Extremely my, my microphone, I think, has crapped out on me. I think it is just dead. No, I can hear you. You're still with us. Will, my mic is not plugged in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> is it a wireless mic? <laughs> this is the sausage being made. Leslie, we're usually more professional than this. Well, you know, you've been with us before. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I understand. My mic is no longer. And Lindsay's here, too, to join us because we're going to talk Game of Thrones, maybe. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My mic isn't plugged in either, but I don't use one, so... I just, it, it's let me down, and I'm so in the air right now. Oh, um, is, this a, is this like a metaphor for how people have felt about Game of Thrones this year? <laughs> uh, it just might be. Is, is your microphone covered in salt, perhaps? Mine? Yeah, that would be a good reflection of how people feel about Game of Thrones this season. See, I don't even get that reference right now because I'm so preoccupied and frustrated. I'm just, I'm just not there for it. But Will, what are you talking about? You don't even watch the show. How can you comment on it? Well, I've watched it vicariously through you guys, and I watched and through Twitter. I mean, I don't need to watch it. I, I, you know, between Leslie Jones, I could find out everything I need to know. <laughs> so not true. So not true. Oh, man. Getting the best viewing experience then, Will. Congratulations. <laughs> well, since Will already led us here, so I guess we're going to start off with it. Um, Lindsay, what did you think about the Game of Thrones series finale? Uh, I was miserable the entire time. Why? I just did not live up to any of my expectations, and I had very low expectations coming into it. I guess if the best way I could preface it is I don't mind the conclusions it came to. I just feel like the way we arrived at those conclusions was very forced and very rushed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for Game of Thrones talk. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, guys. I just, it, it's, I'm still upset about my microphone. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. It's, can, it's looking it. at me right now. It is looking <laughs> at me and saying, Sarah, you spent this amount of money on me, and I'm just not going to work when you were really <laughs> looking forward to talking tonight. And we're already late. And it's just I can't let it go, you know? You can let it go. Oh, my God. Um, okay. I, I, I felt fine about the finale. Um. Okay. I, I'm probably more lenient than other viewers. I, there is no good way to end a series. I've just mm-hmm. figured that out. Um, we, we can blame so many different things on what happened and speculate it and everything, but you know, this is what the writers and these showrunners decided to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am, I listened to Collider Live before we got on and before my microphone died. <laughs> and I think Christian Harloff is right that it gets to a point with these shows, the larger the audience, the more likely you will never be able to write something that does not offend anyone. Oh, absolutely. You, you and that's your own weight. That, right. That's the part that's really starting to even get under my skin because I'm sorry. I love, I've, 
far love Jon Snow over Daenerys. He was in a place of a do or die, kill or be killed, and for once, he made this. He made the self protection like the no, no, no. I have to survive. I have too much to lose, and so he killed her. And it was the right thing to do because she was seriously going the Hitler route. Okay, <laughs> the first order, the new order from Star Wars. That, that's what I was reminded of. And she was yeah, with the black and red flag. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the girls got style, but very little substance. No. <laughs> I have no qualms about John having to kill Danny, but the way Danny turned into quote unquote the Mad Queen was so rushed that it was unbelievable to me. I, I didn't feel convicted that she, in a in a snap, went mad. Uh, I thought right. that was very awkward. So right. I didn't have the emotional reaction because I was just in disbelief over right. the thing. And I th- I blame that more on season seven than I do season eight because. Mm-hmm. Season, season seven was a lot about bringing these two characters finally together and yeah. Danny actually becoming part of the main Stark storyline because for, for most of the series, she was seriously on the other side of this earth conquering and building her army. And it took a long time for her to actually become a true player of this game. And, and yet in season seven, albeit there's a year separating these two, it was rushed that suddenly they became allies. Suddenly they became lovers. And then a year and a half later, they also become, oh yeah, your family. Um, Now you're both to the heirs to the throne. You're still lovers. One's a dictator. One doesn't want power at all. um, Or so he says. So, so there was just a lot that, you know, maybe if we did, maybe if this was really a season nine, we wouldn't be feeling like, oh, that was so rushed. Yeah, I agree entirely. Um, I, you said earlier that you can't really blame anyone. I don't, I don't know about that. The, the showrunners, D&D, HBO had offered them 10 seasons with 10 episodes and they went, yeah, maybe this is seven. So that to me tells me they were tired of working on this and wanted to move on quickly. Yeah, no, I, I I hear you on that point. That's a that's a fair one to make that. But it's it's I I can only imagine how exhausted everybody was yeah. on the show. And the second half of this episode proves how exhausted they were because it wasn't the best. <laughs> really, from from the production, even the production started to slip like a song of ice and fire. Here is a random prop that looks hideous and oh we're gonna have this smart aleck pun against Tyrion that he's not even in it Tyrion actually I don't know how you feel about this Lindsay Hmm. because yes he makes the decision that Bran is on the throne however I also find that he ultimately did win because Tyrion is the hand of the king and if this show has taught me anything, it's not the king who rules. It's really the hand who rules. Right. Because he advises the king. So Tyrion, in a way, did win. And Sansa won because she ended up on her own throne. It wasn't the one she initially wanted, but it was still a throne that she come to, came to cherish overall with all of her experience. And I, I do really like that point because if Sansa had gotten nothing, I would have been pissed. <laughs> 
No, I'm actually really content with uh, Sansa's ending, especially considering what that character went through. She went from one tyrant to the other. And for mm-hmm. her to end up with that kind of independence, I think that was well-earned, especially her character arc going from, like, a spoiled little girl mm-hmm. to what she is now. I think that was done well enough with the time they had with her. So that that yeah. was that was fair. And with Tyrion, yeah. I, I think you're right about that. I, I think there's it's maybe a little more bittersweet. It's almost like his victory is his punishment. Because I don't, I don't think Tyrion wanted to be in a position to rule at that point. So it, like John, it's almost like his punishment as well. To be oh, honest. yeah. He didn't he didn't want to be in that position at all, yet he spent an entire two minutes fixing all of the chairs around the table <laughs> to make it presentable. No 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 no. He I, I see I don't buy that. I, I I think I actually find that that's one of the bigger sins that Tyrion left unscathed. Granted, there was a very powerful moment of him discovering Jamie and Cersei's bodies, which was also Hmm. How do I put it? Um, a bit. <laughs> I can't think right now. There's a word for it. Um, undermined by the fact that I thought that entire place should have just been made of bricks. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I actually went back and watched the previous episode and that entire room collapsed. So Thank I you. don't know what happened between <laughs> this episode and that one. And, and the fact that they were just lightly dusted with a few bricks and not completely submerged. That, uh, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure what to think about that. A little convenient yeah. that he wiped away two bricks and there they were suddenly. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he is an imp after all. I mean, seriously, come on. But I, I just, yeah, I, I, I thought, and I also found that the writing of this episode was very annoyingly, written for Peter Dinklage. Like, he had some great moments, but towards that middle scene where they have bring everybody together and everyone has to decide, well, how what do how do we rule now? What do we do with Jon Snow after his betrayal? And, and the fact that he is kept prisoner and is allowed to give a monologue <laughs> after Grey Worm tries to shut him up, and yet he's is allowed to in his cuffs and and I don't know about you Lindsay but I also was just fatigued at that time because I'm like this is not the first time in the series nor the second nor the third where Tyrion has been able to give a monologue and talk his way off out of imprisonment this is not anything new well even going backwards just a little bit why was Tyrion and Jon kept alive earlier in that same episode Grey Worm and his soldiers, we were shown that they were not taking anyone prisoner. They were killing Lannisters in the streets. And so Jon uh, presumably turns himself in and he's not killed on the spot. Suddenly there's due process with for Jon and Tyrion. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> what happened yeah. there? I, I don't know. Maybe they thought, well, if if the dragon de- didn't kill Jon, there must have been a reason. I have no excuse for Tyrion because he is a Lannister. John is not a Lannister. John is a Targaryen. So, well, you bring up a great point with Tyrion for like the third or fourth time in the series, giving a monologue in handcuffs. But even yes. bafflingly, the Lords just agree. There's no mm-hmm. dissension. It's just a unanimous vote from all these people of different backgrounds, different ages. It's, <laughs> I just, it hurts. It, it hurts. I feel your pain. I feel your microphone pain. It just, it hurts. Well, the moment that they all. 
that they were like, oh, so who's your leader? And there was a long pause. I was like, oh, my God, they are so doomed. These are the stupidest people. Like, I don't understand what's happening right now. Do they not want to be the first one to say I? I mean, Sansa clearly wants it. What, what is holding her back? And I don't know. It just it was it was kind of really sad how and that council's thing um, scene, I think, is really just one of the most awkward, awkwardly um, placed scenes. I mean, to go back to your point, it's like there's this big epic romance and betrayal and death and and the dragon killing, not being able to kill Jon Snow because he's Targaryen, but because and then he takes out all his fire on the throne itself, which I thought was beautiful. Mm, I agree. To daylight, <laughs> destruction, um, very like, oh, after the fact, time has passed or has it passed? I don't know what's going on anymore. Oh, no, John, John and Tyrion have beards, so we know time has passed, apparently. <laughs> it's just, it was, it was awkward. Like, it was just, like, again... Clearly, people are exhausted, even the editors. <laughs> to me, this reeks of reverse engineering. D&D, we're told the ending by George R. R. Martin, and they reverse engineered their from season six to this point now the quickest way to get there. And that's why it's just so incredibly awkward. You know, I, I was thinking about it before we got on um, and before my microphone died <laughs> that. I actually think season six might be my favorite season. Wow. That's an interesting choice. It, it is. And I, I know a lot of people right now are claiming the earlier seasons, but season six, you got John comes back to life. You mm-hmm. have, you have John become king of the North. You have my, my absolute favorite episode of this ty- entire series, the door episode. Right. Which is big for Braun, big for the history, the legacy of it all. You have the Battle of the Bastards. Yes. You have Sansa and John reunited. There's all of this payoff. And and that's what I think was missing in this entire last season. There was a lot of closure and all right, that's the end of this, but there wasn't necessarily payoff. Absolutely. It, it was closure and it was not payoff. I was thinking earlier that if, if this season had at least maybe another episode, let's say it took place after this one, and it was maybe an epilogue, like a couple years later, and we can look into the lives of these characters and, and where it's left them, that may be more satisfying uh, conclusion to this season. Yeah, I, it, it's, it was funny. I heard a lot of the, a lot of people speculate that there is going to be a time jump. At some point, because it's the classic, most easy thing to do in these shows. And and I was thinking about it. And I actually think that I prefer the way they did this more mm. because, I mean, despite the crappy prop of it, they <laughs> present the this the song of ice and fire as this. This is the chapter of what happened after Robert's death and all of the wars that occurred as like as like an an installment like and that's why they left it so open ended in a way and I think it's actually a better ending is because part of the reason why so many of us besides Will 
love this show is is that it felt like real life and in real life you don't you don't just jump 10 years of the, into the future and everything is fine and you're also not teased with the like oh no they brought Danny back to life yeah and yeah oh no well, white walkers in the snow in the distance and the, yeah the returning it's just like no for for what happened between this point in time and we're going to tell you a story of just what happened between this point in time and this point in time yeah, I agree. Uh, the, the fantasy aspect of the show is as enjoyable as it is. It's actually the least interesting to me. I love the character development. I love the historical aspects or the references to real life stories like uh, The War of the Roses, I believe, is a big influence on the books, mm-hmm. at least. And, mm-hmm. and that's really where the, the heart of the show is. George R. R. Martin, a quote from him is, I don't think there's anything worth writing about more than the human heart in conflict with itself. If, I mean, if that sums up history, I don't know what does. Yeah, and then you have a picture of Jon Snow right next to it, which, (laughs) honestly, another thing that people are overlooking is that Danny should have known that she was in for it because this is not the first time a lady has died in Jon Snow's arms that he loves. (laughs) I mean, he didn't kill Yeager, but still. Yeah, I guess Jon's not one to talk about his exes with current girlfriends, so she was unfortunately. Yeah, he he doesn't have the best streak. Just going back to Danny though, I, I can't get over how quick that scene went. It this is gonna hurt. And Tyrion moving the chairs was a longer scene than the time they spent with Danny dying. Really? Yes. Did you time it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Because I'm like I'm like because I thought that that was long because the dragon comes in and the dragon is just screaming and crying and burning crap down so I was like come on <laughs> not counting the dragon just Danny and John's time together and then uh, her dying in his arms I, I was yeah. just blown away that this major character from the very start of the show his death is just done and over in less than a few minutes and then never brought up again for the rest of the episode yeah well. I mean, John does ask, did I do the right thing? Right. We're, we're left to deal with it through John's character, I suppose, his torment and having to deal with that decision he made. Yeah. It, it, I kept I kept thinking about how I, I there, there was a line that I really did think that they used correctly to really tie in both. Daenerys and John and Tyrion and John scene because I really like the the first scene we get between John and Tyrion when he's locked up mm. um because that's where you you start to hear this this theme you don't have a you don't have the right to choose like and and they keep repeating that over and over again and then he even asks Daenerys right before he makes up his mind and she she tells him like well i choose for them <laughs> and 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 i in that moment she 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 miscalculated because girl you don't tell somebody that when they're <laughs> questioning your actions <laughs> well, <laughs> what the heck daenerys <laughs> well she was fully mad at that point i guess is what the writers were trying to convey to us that absolute power corrupts absolutely and apparently it does so in one episode well, I, I, I like to think of it more as 
sometimes you get lost in your own story that you're trying to tell yourself. You get lost in your own narrative. Like, no, I am right, righteous. I am doing the right thing. I, I believe it. And, and there's a thousand people over there who can kill you, who will tell you that I am right too. So who's to say that I'm wrong? Oh, somebody who I could kill with like one word and a dragon will burn them alive. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that because Tyrion and Varys touched on it, uh, I think a few episodes ago where they're saying anyone who believes that they're special and have destiny, that, that's never really ended well for that person or the people around them. You have to be a little touched to think you're destined to be some great savior. That doesn't come without violence, or at least in yeah. the perspective. I guess, I guess they were right. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Ah, oh, man, it, it, it's, it's weird. Like this finale, because I really do look at it in two halves. I look at it, the, the Daenerys conclusion and then the conclusion for everyone else. <laughs> yeah, the, the first half of this episode was pretty much the last, a longer part of the last episode. It might as well have been part of the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt very tacked on. They had to make that runtime. That's, that's yeah. why I turned the chairs for five minutes, you know, to fill in, <laughs> fill in that runtime. Yeah, there, there were probably a lot, or John walking up the steps. No need for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, 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 what did he like cut his steps in half? Because Arya zipped up there. <laughs> yeah, and Gray, he was talking to Grey Worm before he went up the stairs. And then when he goes up the stairs, Grey Worm's there waiting. So I guess he teleported. Yeah. I, it, I'm just sad. I'm sad that something so well written and so epic for so long had to come to such an awkward and forced conclusion because the showrunners got tired of the material and they didn't want to pass it off to anyone else, supposedly. Well, I mean, so so if if they had made the decision to pass it off to someone else, are you are you sure that we wouldn't have gotten? three more seasons but it would have taken maybe forever for us to get to this point that's that's a good point uh we'll never know i I just feel i guess as an artist with integrity if you know you're not going to put your heart and soul into something you might as well pass it on to someone and give them the opportunity might be better might be worse but at least you know make that judgment call for the sake of the show yeah it's it's so and I keep maybe I'm I'm just giving them an excuse like it's so hard these days. But but I've also seen shows where the showrunners like they pull a big Daenerys and they just they just believe they're they're everything they write is like genius. And it's like, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you, you, you should have ended it back here and and you definitely should not have ended it there. Like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you bless their hearts for sticking to their vision. That, that that's their right. But yeah, unfortunately, our, not everyone sees it the way you do. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you know. So, what did you think about John um, at the end of all this? He's he's like done the, a big three sixty, and he still winds up at the Night Watch. But really, he ends up rejoining the Wildings. Well, John finally pet ghosts. They could afford the CGI for that, so that that makes everything worth it. But but in all seriousness, uh, I'm fine with John kind of circling back to where he started. But again, because it was so awkward, it's not emotionally satisfying. We didn't have enough time to spend with his 
thoughts on it. Um, it tormented him didn't have any dialogue. We don't know his his aims as he leaves to the woods with the wildlings. We don't know. I guess they want us to have some kind of uh, ambiguous nature to that, but I'm not. I'm I'm okay with that premise. I'm just I'm unsatisfied with how it arrived to that conclusion. Yeah, I I liked it when it they first brought it up, and I was like. Oh, that's cool because I always, I always do love a good circular story. Mm. And then it just kept going on. (laughs) And there, there was really, and to your point, there was really no dialogue. And you're just like, no, 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 I, I, I want a final moment. Like I want something like, oh, that's, that's really interesting. And, and I just, I feel like, maybe the writers did just get up and walk away and they're like, let's just play music, the theme music over <laughs> this part and all will be forgiven. Um, it, it, because it just, it was kind of like, yeah, but what really is his thoughts on this? Like you can, Kit Harrington always plays the sad puppy dog eyes. So that's nothing new, but right, he's always brooding. So we know that it doesn't tell us any new information. He's, he's in permanent brooding mode. So and he, and he's always wanted to be there. Like that's that was his goal. We met him all the way back in season one on saying, "No, I'm of age now. I'm going to go to the wall because I'm a bastard and I'm tired of this." So that was his goal. There's so many loose ends because, as we know, he's Aegon Targaryen and he has the right to the throne. And what we saw last episode, Varys was sending letters to everyone sharing this news. People are going to be revolting. They're going to want him as king. But I guess it just doesn't matter at this point. The show is over. We'll, we'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we might know eventually. Who knows? I yeah. mean, that's, that's what fan fiction's for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will, sure. I heard that laugh. <laughs> All right. Well, it's, it's true. It's very true. <laughs> so, so, Sarah, are you on board for any of the prequel shows that they're producing? So um, over the weekend, I did Google search information about the prequel show. And um, why not? Mm. Because there's a giant hole right now in my TV watching (laughs) experience that I would like to fill. Now, if it's garbage, no. (laughs) Right. Right. Fair enough. But they got Naomi Watts. Oh, they do. That's what I learned. So if you can sign a movie star like that, um, I, I think maybe the writing won't be half bad to start with. Who knows what happens in eight seasons? Well, the last time they had a big movie star in the first season didn't end well for him. So hopefully. it never ends with L well with him. That's why he's a big movie star because he always dies in everything. <laughs> this is very okay. true. She at least has a much longer track record of surviving. <laughs> I did not know she was on board for that. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. I guess it just depends on how I feel about starting another HBO subscription whenever yeah, yeah. it releases. Oh, I, I've I've given up on that. Like, I'm I'm sold on HBO. I've been watching a lot of their documentaries recently. Oh, Big Little Lies season two is coming. All right, you got Euphoria with Zendaya. Zendaya. She and and I I'm really intrigued by that there. Um, I watched the preview for Westworld season three. It actually does make me want to go watch in the West watch Westworld season two. So, 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much like sold that my HBO has been worth it. Oh, well, they definitely cherish you because I'm pretty sure after last night, many, many people canceled <laughs> their HBO subscriptions. Yeah, but it's kind of just like what we're all doing right now. I get a subscription for one show. The show goes away. I cancel it. And then before I know it, Twitter is suddenly talking about nothing yep. but this one show yep. that's on that's HBO. Cool. Yeah, that, that Chernobyl uh, miniseries yeah. also looks pretty interesting as well. Yeah, yeah. I've heard good good things about the Chernobyl, and I've seen talk about people, especially the first couple episodes, it it definitely has some buzz. haven't seen as much this week, but obviously it's probably just gotten drowned out by by Thrones. Right. Everything's gone and drowned out by by (laughs) Thrones. I mean, the last night was insane. Oh, the memes. You know, as bad as the season has been, it's been worth it for just the memes. The memes are incredible. Well, I I mean it 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 had to come to an end. We had our end. Yeah. Do you feel oh, that end. as the non watcher here, do you think that it was the, the 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 weight of trying to put the season to bed and the story just it just collapsed under that? Or do you think people just like had their their envision how they wanted the story to end and because it didn't go the way they wanted it to go, then everybody's just like bitching and moaning about it. Or And I, and I think your point of what Christian Harloff made, I think that's a very fair point too. But I'd like to hear your, you guys' thoughts on that. Uh, if it did collapse, I think it collapsed two or three seasons ago when the showrunners decided they just weren't into it anymore. Hmm. Um... <laughs> I think that, like, Lindsay's right in her point to a degree, but I also do believe that because of social media, because the way, the fact that we have a podcast, Will, where we just dissect these shows and all we can do is think about the ways, well, if I was in that room, this is what I would do, or I really didn't like it when this happened. Like, suddenly, criticism has become in turn morphed into this weird way for us to try to express our opinions about something that we have no control over. Like no matter what, like you can write any petition anytime and it doesn't matter. The right. They already did what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Art, art is not a democracy. People. Right. Right. Okay. And okay. <laughs> so it's really not. And I'm pretty sure like that's why they made that joke about democracy in the show. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but even though art is not a democracy, what is is when we go online and are able to share our opinions, find fifty other people who have our same opinions, and then suddenly we become Daenerys and we think we're right. <laughs> yeah, and you and you create petitions to like, you know, tell HBO to film a new season. Great. <laughs> women and children, and it all works out. Right. And I, I, I do believe it's hard for anyone to also want to be a part of that because suddenly you are included. Suddenly you feel like you have, you're talking with other people who understand you. And there's something powerful about that. But I also know that there's something where we can't have nice things anymore because <laughs> all we do is break it down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, 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 yeah that's that's true. I mean, I, I have you know, you, 
now that Endgame is running, had it been out for I guess about a month now, you're start you're starting to see that. Not to I don't think to the same extent as Game of Thrones, but there is that element of that out there as well. Well, well, something that's disturbed me, and I've noticed this more and more lately, is that there's debates that if if art becomes so big to become a cultural movement, people are debating whether or not the audience owns it at that point, not the creator, when it becomes so big to impact culture. And I, I think that's pretty unnerving that people would claim to own something that someone else created just because it became popular enough. Yeah, that that, that for some reason that gets under my skin. Yeah, that that's the mentality that these people have when they make these petitions. It's no, the writers don't own this. We own this. Yeah. And and I think also it it's because art is so personal. Mm-hmm. Like people who do that, who who write a TV show, who produce a TV show, who write direct a movie, people who act on screen, who put themselves in that public space. Um, people who make a podcast, people who write online for shows, all you're doing, you're not going out there and thinking to yourself, hey, I want to change the culture. <laughs> it's more about like, I, I have something to say, and this is the only way I know how to say it. And rather than get depressed, rather than than drinking, taking drugs, doing all of this horrible <laughs> stuff. They're choosing a much more healthier way to express something that they need to in order to work through anything, any issues they may have. So it's very unnerving to hear that people suddenly claim, well, if you have 2.2 billion people watch this show, suddenly it's ours. What the heck is that? (laughs) Who cares? Like, go make your own. Go tell your own story. Yeah. There's definitely, I mean, we've seen this especially with uh, the mega movies like the in-game and even the Star Wars universe, Game of Thrones, other, you know, mm-hmm. tentpole franchise shows and movies that are out there. There, there definitely has seemed to be a, a more entitlement feeling out there. And, and, and obviously, you know, anybody with a keyboard and a, and you know, time to kill can like <laughs> make it's, it into a movement. Yeah, the level of entitlement is just frightening. I, I haven't followed along, but I saw earlier today Robert Pattinson is Batman, and there's already petition oh, yeah. fired. He hasn't even played in the role yet. We don't even know what he's gonna, how he's gonna perform, and people want him gone. It's just terrible. Yeah, people wanted Heath Ledger gone. Right. So I, I can only assume they're the same exact people. This <laughs> <laughs> is a trend. Yeah, I mean, they just they just went from release to Snyder cut to like we don't we hate we hate Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yeah. You have every right to be disappointed. And you have every right to voice your opinion, but you do not have the right to get someone fired over yeah. that opinion. And he hasn't even been officially cast yet. I mean, that's the thing. Oh, it's, it's not even official. Jeez. <laughs> well, I mean, it's also that like this is reason. Public opinion like this and public outrage is part of the reason why I believe he's after the Twilight films was like, you know what? I got paid a lot of money. I can choose my projects now and I don't want to do the big budget because suddenly you're stalked by paparazzi. Like I want to have a life. And so 
again, this is why we can't have nice things because I honestly think he would be amazing in that role. And yet I might never get to see it because a bunch of people who are so narrow minded is like, no, I'm going to start a petition. What, what the heck? I don't yeah, like, yeah. don't. Why aren't you petitioning something that matters? Exactly. Like has a real effect on you. Okay. Go <laughs> bring some clean water to countries in need of it. How about that? I just don't understand it. Oh man, but it, I mean, this, this turned into a very interesting discussion, but, but I think it's worth having. And I think a lot of people are having it about it in context of everything that occurred during this last season. And, and we, the way we speak about it, it's only six weeks, guys. (laughs) It's not very long even. I don't know. I think I think maybe my feelings about this series was a bit clouded because I also spent my Sunday very disappointed that Billions didn't release an episode. (laughs) And that's an amazing show. Yeah. Despite the rush references, I I don't watch Billions. Oh, it's okay. So this is my segment. I I always do a pitch about Billions, and it um. It is just, it is, oh, it's in its four seasons. John Malkovich is on this show. Have I sold you yet? And uh, I just, not yet. Sorry. And I just say that because he never does TV shows and yet he just popped up on this one and he's pretty good, although he plays basically the same character that he played in Rounders. Um, it, I just love it so much because when you talk about rushing shows, there is nothing ever rushed about billions. Oh, they, n- shut up, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are just puppeteers making these characters make snap judgments about one another and putting each other into these weird positions of power where every action has a consequence. Every, everything you do can can be misperceived by another character and the relationships are so complicated that it is a fascinating web of people who are ego driven, who who want power, who want to be successful and who want money are all just crisscrossing betrayals and manipulation. And it's just it's really interesting everything they're able to do with this show and these characters and they're, they don't like to expand it. Like that's something we've noticed on some of our other shows. Will is that often, especially when care, when writers start to get lazy, suddenly you feel like the roster has to just expand by mm-hmm. five dozen people. Right. And then suddenly there's not enough time to invest in the characters. Like we watch, exactly. we want to watch. Yeah, yeah, and the, and when it's expanded to the point, it dilute, obviously dilutes the product to the point where it's just like this is not the show I fell in love with anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm so hesitant to invest my time in most shows because often, like you guys just pointed out, it becomes something different, and then you feel what I've been watching this entire time. What have I invested in? What does it become? Yeah, yeah. Speaking about shows investment, and and somebody. A show that had a very consistent season, mm-hmm. Supergirl season four. It was start to finish, the, definitely the most consistent show of the Arrowverse. 
was on in the 2018-2019 season. Uh, I was third. Well, I guess I was the small sliver of people who were watching this finale versus uh, Game of Thrones. But uh, as I as I told you, uh, my DMs, I was like, I, I felt very satisfied with how they finished the story. Uh, obviously, there's some points where they could have. I wish they had spent a little bit more time on some things, especially uh, with uh, how we had such a, f- a fascinating character in the first part of the season with uh, Ben Lockwood. I-, I thought it was his arc was a bit rushed at the end, but at the expense of Lex Luthor. But uh, at the same time. Given that Lex was pulling the strings, and I have to give I have to give major props to to John Cryer. I mean, Dick, it, whenever whenever we saw that D- Dickie was cast as Lex, I think there was definitely a collective like, "Is this going to work?" And it did. He was, uh, I think, as far as signature portrayals of Lex Luthor, obviously Gene Hackman, uh, Michael Rosenbaum had his version of Smallville and, and this version of Lex was by John Cryer. I think definitely stands out in, in, in the top three. Uh, Cause why don't we also, we, we've also had uh, Jamie uh, Eisenberg with uh, justice Batman V Superman, but nah, nah, John Cryer was, was a, a, a solid Lex Luthor who definitely conveyed that hate of uh, Kryptonians uh, throughout the series and was a master pup- puppeteer this season. So it, with all, ultimately getting into the, into the White House and, and I know the show, I know some people didn't like the political slant to the season, but I think with all the things that they, uh, covered this season as far as the xenophobia and, yeah, it did touch a little bit on the nose as far as some of the things in the climate today. But I mean, that's to me that what makes a, a good season, a good story when you can, you can touch on issues and, and still yet, and yet be entertained. And I, and I, and I thought the season was thoroughly entertaining. So even though, yeah, even though his mom had to, uh, tell him to, to back off on the quoting of a certain maniacal, <laughs> Homicidal, <laughs> genocidal, genocidal maniacs like Hitler, but yeah. uh, but yeah. but that but that was good because again it, it gave the this, this show some heft and, and weight that the other shows this season quite frankly lacked. Lindsay, do you watch Supergirl? No, I, well, all I know of it is what I've heard you guys talk about. So okay, so. <laughs> for some reason I felt like I saw a DM where you were like, yeah, I'll even watch Supergirl. <laughs> oh no, no, sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's it's a it's a hard show. I even gave up on the first season, and it took me a while to get back in. I I gave up on the third season too. I'm I'm surprised how much I really like season four, um, and that's because it feels complete. Something that they did was you initially invest a lot of the arc into Ben Lockwood and building up that character, and then you're you're told. Well, John Cryer is going to come in and play Lex Luthor for just a small arc. I didn't realize how large the arc was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it and it was because like they really wanted to say no, 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 no. Leading up to the finale, 
the, Lex Luthor has been a, um, been pulling the strings on everyone the entire time. And we're going to remind you of this and make sure you really understand how how much he threaded this quilt of everything that has happened over the last year. And then during the finale, we're going to remind you, Supergirl is the cousin of Superman. And Lex Luthor is arch arch enemy is Superman. So, yes, this may be Supergirl the show, but Lex Luthor, make no mistake, is really out to just kill Superman. Yeah. (laughs) Which which was so, I thought, was clever. I do not find it to undermine Supergirl herself because he does a great setup in making sure next season we do get the showdown between Lena and Kara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you make a good point that it did not undermine, undermine Supergirl at all. And I think, and I think they did it right by having the threads. We, we saw him come on, I guess, around shortly after the midseason hiatus. And he was in a few episodes. He, you know, uses Lena's uh, tech to give him to give himself superpowers after his mother poisoned him so that he would come down with uh, some form of cancer. And he is strengthened, and then he's he's pretty much he goes away. But all the while, all the things that he set in motion continue to move forward. And and when it when we get to the to the climax in this uh, in the season finale it and to your point how he just hates superman and hates kryptonians and and the betrayal for example of the red daughter who was the clone of of kara and just how she was was used by lex to to achieve this end of making supergirl public enemy number one and elevated Ben Lockwood to from this obscure college professor to this leader of this movement to basically get him to basically harvest the aliens so that he could power this machine to kill Superman. I mean, that was a very clever, clever uh, bit of storytelling that they did this season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was very clever. I thought it was very strategic and it, it allowed me to, not feel like they wasted time in the beginning of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like it just kept building on one thing after the other. Yeah. It felt yeah. like it was expanding as opposed to just saying, oh, you thought we were heading here. We're going to make a major left turn and actually go in this direction, which makes no sense. Exactly. Exactly. They're every, I, 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 it, it really reached a point this season with, with this, with the Arrowverse, where I really was, got to the place where I was looking forward to Supergirl more so than the other two other shows, because yeah. they they really, for the first time, I felt like I felt fully invested in this character, where whereas before I did not, and 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 in the show because they just had a very very solid way of just telling the story and and utilizing the head fake with the bit bad arrow did that to some degree, but they, I think the, the writers rooms for all these shows going forward and with the new one with, with Batwoman, which, you know, get into our earlier conversations, another show place where people are already like calling it forward to be 
cancel it before it even gets on the air. Um, it um, really gets, you know, I think really shows how you can do a really solid storytelling within the constructs and, and confines of the, the CW model. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I'm hopeful that, uh, the other, other teams look at what Supergirl accomplished this season as they, as they move forward, especially, yeah. especially with the upcoming crisis and how this whole universe is going to be shaken up, uh, because of the uh, crisis of infinite earth crossover. Yeah, and the monitor even shows up in this episode at the end and yeah. releases John's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, because and the one thing this this finale did kind of wear me out on was you you end it with a Lena setup. <laughs> <laughs> also, I mean, because we just got done talking about Thrones, what is with this tendency to let the person who was dying handcuffed? Just talk and and <laughs> plant all of these ideas. It's like seriously, guys. And I mean, Daenerys, she gets stabbed, she's out. <laughs> Lex gets shot twice. He can talk for another like three minutes. Yeah. What the heck? I don't yeah. I don't understand it. And so you get that ending, and then you get the worst advice that Alex has ever given Kara. Let's let's just have her have tonight. You know, Lena has been through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the worst sisterly advice she has ever given. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess she's still a little foggy, you know, given that her memories of Kara being Supergirl were taken from her. Maybe. Yeah, she's in love. She's not really thinking about Kara right yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. She finally, yeah, she finally, she's finally felt, felt, fallen in love again. So yeah. happy for her. Yeah, and then you get the monitor releasing John's. John's brother, who I don't remember him having, but I'm sure they told you in an episode that I didn't watch. And But it's significant. And then you get the monitor confronting Lex. We don't know where it ends. It just ends. That's like, oh, no, no, no. I forgot about one. Yes. See, this is how many, like, let's set up season five. They crammed into this episode. And that's the point where I was just like, what are you doing? What what is happening here? <laughs> there is no I don't want another ending. I don't want another tease. Like then they put in the Leviathan. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that is they did this typical setup of of season five and obviously setting up everything for the mon- for uh the crisis and uh, even though I don't watch Legends of Tomorrow, I'll, I'll definitely have to at least watch the uh the, the setup for for uh for Crisis from from that show. But uh it's it's like the writers watched Arrow and Flash and were like, well, they ended this season and they teased Crisis, so we have to double what both of those shows did. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but yeah, but I would I would have to give this I I would have to give this season of Supergirl a, 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 um, a minus B plus um, over four. If I if you were asking me to give give it a grade, it, it really I think had the the, the, the the after the melodrama and everything from last season's ending, it it definitely had the. Uh, it, it, it managed to survive the Arrowverse curse. Okay. Okay. So first of all, the melodrama, 
the show got ruined the moment Chris Wood left. Okay. Those two have great chemistry. Hence why they're engaged to be married in real life. Okay. Just saying, I know they ended her first marriage, but still (laughs) also really this show is amazing because just, just find the scene online, but there is a scene in the season where you have Sam Whitworth. Yes. The Sam Whitworth playing brainy, Plain Lockwood, Lock, Lockwood, enough said, brilliant, should be shown in acting class. Definitely, definitely. Lindsay, yeah. you should just check that out just, just so you can see what we're talking about. Okay, that, that's what will be on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sam Whitworth, Plain Brainy, as Lockwood. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like he must have had so much fun that day. Yeah. <laughs> This is perfect. I love it so much. All right. Well, that is it for our ramblings tonight. Thank you very much. Lindsay, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AferosXII. It's A-P-H-E-R-O-S-X-I-I. And she does make all of our beautiful artwork. So be sure to thank her because we sincerely thank you for everything you do for our show. If you want me to switch out the Daenerys artwork for someone who's not a murderer, just let me know. (laughs) That went dark. (laughs) I didn't think about that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I got to think about our show. (laughs) Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me on Twitter at CNN, or at SJ Belmont. <laughs> Please follow our crew at CNN Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night. Geek out. You're welcome. Bye.